Hello, Tyler. Hi, Ryan. Ames, Iowa Country Club. Yeah. Probably home of Brock Purdy. Yeah, definitely. I think that's actually his house back there. If you're not, if you're not watching, um, we got the simulator behind us, and there's clearly just an outbuilding in between fairways I think, I think it, Brock Purdy lives in. I think it's safe to say that we have the largest podcast studio in the company. I, I would agree. It's a 14 by 16 mm-hmm. um, with a lot of expensive technology in here. Right. We can literally go anywhere we want in the world as long as there's a golf course. It's almost like we could time travel to Ames, Iowa Country Club. They pipe that the wrong way. I'll call the clubhouse. We'll book another 18 for tomorrow. Okay, they cheated on that. They fucked their balls. Yeah, no better time for the breakfast ball than now. <laughs> Speaking of Ames, Iowa, Brock Purdy, Iowa State or Iowa guy? State. Iowa State. Iowa State. Which is Ames. Um, yep. Had these playoffs and like the start of kind of his career been earlier my new year's resolution would be to have brock purdy swag on the golf course Mm. because that guy's got some swagger oh i i was thinking in shitty radio terms where if you say the word swag it means you're giving out t-shirts that's true yeah that's i thought you want some brock sorty jesus holy I thought you wanted some brock purdy merch on the golf course that would be sick though to wear a purdy jersey on on the course it Jersey Day. Hold up. Should we get you a Brock Purdy Iowa State jersey? No, I'm just saying Jersey Day. <laughs> like, you get your buddies out. You get two tea times. You get eight guys. I mean, we've already talked about getting the eight guys out, right? Yeah, well, two tea times of four. Jersey Day. Everyone wears their favorite jersey or the guy they want to be like the most. That would be fucking fun. Dude, if my golf swing looked like Ken Griffey Jr.'s swing, I'd be in good shape. That's all no, I'm saying. No, I don't so think you'd you be would, fucking slicing everything. Yeah, because uh, if <laughs> Baseball I... Baseball swings are not good for golf. If I one hand a swing off the tee box, it looks like Ken Griffey Jr. And it's typically really bad. Ah, um, Best swing, though. Doing Jersey Day is just one step away from doing high school homecoming week with your golf buddies. But that's got- the shit you look forward to in high school. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. this is the shit you look forward to at age 28 and 29. So first day, it's going to be school colors day, guys. So we're your alma mater, school colors. Then the next day is pajama day. And then we have Jersey day. They got to be doing that at like <laughs> next week is 70s day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it's the theme for homecoming. Yeah. All right, guys, it is the roaring 20s on Friday. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys know how much fun the John Daly day was that we had. Yeah, I don't know about fun. It wasn't fun for Tyler. It was no. fun to dress up like John Daly with the, the outfits were fun. Yeah, I'll give you that. OK, that's exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. Um, that's a video that's been banked for a while. Maybe more to come on that. Don't know yet. Yeah, but, uh, it all depends. John Daly Day. It was a lot of fun. Um, speaking of jerseys, college athletes, Tyler. I was thinking about they this. They wear jerseys. They do. I was thinking about this earlier um, because both of us were former college athletes. Correct. That's why we are in front of the camera and Jake's not. Yeah, because Jake, <laughs> Jake was a high school burnout. Sorry, Jake. Yeah, total, total burnout. <laughs> um. I was thinking about the courses that I took in college, and one of them was a history of bowling. Yeah. And, and it was the, what is it, the, the physical education, like two physical education credits that you need or something like that? I don't know, but I also took bowling, not even history. It was just fucking bowling. Well, okay. And for me, the first two weeks were the history of bowling. It was classroom work, which was the football coach was teaching it. <laughs> Our, my wrestling coach. It was total was bullshit. teaching it, yeah. And then the last six weeks... 
was you're just bowling. And I, I'm pretty sure that we had to learn how to keep our own score without mm-hmm. using the monitor. Yep. That's all we had to round. do. That was our whole grade. <laughs> that was your final? The beginning of the year, he taught us how to score a bowling game. Yeah. And then our midterm was to bowl and keep your score. And they put like a sheet of paper over the screen. Yeah. And so then if your paper matched the screen, you passed. And then our final was the same fucking thing. Now, now Tyler, was this at the public school or the private school that you went to? This is at the public school. See, I went to a, a public school, the cheapest one in the state, and we never had any wacky classes like that. Like, I yeah, took, we had history, like history of I don't know, coaching, history of football, history of bowling. What? It was history of and history of tennis. Um, yeah, and you, I mean, you could literally pick. So basically, whatever one fit in your schedule last semester, because you're not. I mean, you're not fucking taking that as a freshman. Yeah, no you're way. taking it as a super senior. Oh yeah, and just to like, it's more so just another study hall. Your yeah. last year of class. Um, it was sick because my bowling class was at 8 a.m. And I had wrestling practice at 6 a.m. And the teacher was my wrestling coach. So if you were late. So like matter. if practice was running late, he and I could both leave practice to go to bowling. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's great. History of weightlifting. Had that had another one. No way. But you know what we didn't have, Tyler? We didn't have the history of golf. That and is I, fucked up. We didn't have that either. I guarantee you, damn near every college town has a golf course. Mm-hmm. So what's I mean? Every college town, for the most part, also has a simulator, so you can't even pull the weather card. Yeah, odds are the college itself has a golf team, and if yes. you're in the Midwest, you got to practice somewhere. Where mm-hmm. is that going to be in the simulator? Mm-hmm. So, what got me thinking was like every person getting out of college, every upper twenties, lower thirties, former college athlete, just former student in general. Yeah. Probably going to start picking up the game of golf if they got a competitive bone in their body. Yes. I think I'm not, I'm not going to be bowling. That's, I think that's a 50 plus sport. Could be wrong. Average 50 plus. What do you think you are? Pete Weber ah, started yeah. young. Yeah. Pete Weber. Yeah. Um, He's the most, ele- if he was in any other sport, he'd be a fucking superstar. Like we know who this guy is because he was a bowling super. Imagine if he played, a sport that we actually care about. If Pete Weber was a golfer, that would be a guy that I would be a fan of. I would watch Pete, a senior tour. Just I, I would him. almost say if Pete Weber's personality was on tour, he'd be bigger than John Daly. I 100% agree. Without a doubt. If you guys don't know who Peter Weber is, it's Weber with one B, so it might be Weber. I don't know. Weber, I think it's Look Weber. him up. He's the guy with, uh, he gets a strike. Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah, and then he just retired. And he's like, uh, thank you to everyone that watched. If Whether you loved me or hated me, you watched. That was all you could do. That's all you, that's all you literally all you <laughs> could do. Badass. And he just um, fucking walked out, out of the bowling room. He's the world's greatest trash talker in the history of bowling. He, he's yeah. like the kid, like, he starts a sentence, doesn't know where it's going, but he just fucking commits. I would say it. If there's one person that could have replaced Bob Barker for the celebrity pro-am <laughs> in Happy Gilmore, it could have been Pete. Yep, because yep. honestly, they look damn near the same. They actually yep. do, yeah. Both have great personalities. Imagine Pete Weber and Adam Sandler getting in the fight. Yeah. If Pete Weber would have just like forgot that it was a movie and just started talking shit yeah. off script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is, why are they not offering history of golf? in college where okay two weeks of classwork 
you learn how to you learn how, how to accrue a handicap. Mm-hmm. You learn how to keep a score, and you learn how to keep a gross and a net score. Because I'll tell you what, Tyler, what is tougher: keeping a bowling round with no monitor, or keeping a golf round with no cell phone app? Uh, like golf net, net the, score. Genuinely, the golf round. Because, like, as we described last week, we're still not doing it 100% correctly. And it was still a bitch to get to where we are now. Mm-hmm. It's the Pythagorean theorem on steroids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we talked, we, I think we covered this last week, but uh, they need to come up with a simpler solution to figure out handicaps. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, before we started Golf League, I had no fucking idea how to how to get a net score right i just plug it into my app and it gives it to me i'm like oh like net i shot one over today that's great Mm -hmm. uh so luckily actually that's probably i should have just done that i should have just plugged everybody into 18 birdies and just i i told you yeah but i remember (laughs) i was like i don't want it to fuck up my scores yeah yeah. but i just didn't i could have just not saved the round yeah correct Uh, anyway um you're right scoring a bowling game is way way easier because it is a simple equation yeah. that you just do over and over and over. Finding your net score is like little looking for a needle in a haystack because every course is different. It's yes. an absolute nightmare. And I wish I would have learned that. But again, it also makes me I like nets are for fish. I I don't we don't need nets when we're unless playing it up. is unless it is like like just presented to me right in front of my face. Here's the number. Mm-hmm. That's about all I know about I don't it. have time to think. And genuinely, Ryan, if we play each other and I kick the shit out of you net, I don't feel good about that. Yes. Because I we're be- playing straight up every yeah, time. Yeah, I want to beat you normal. Isn't it funny how, like, you and I are, our handicaps are, like, what, 11 points different? Mm-hmm. 11 strokes different, is if that's how you'd put it. Yeah. Um, but we still always play gross. We still always play straight yeah. up. Well, I think it's just because we're... We're proud, you know. Yeah, no, I, don't, I would agree. I do not. I do not want to beat you, net. And the only reason there's we're something doing, about that it just doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah, there's like no. The only reason we're even doing it for the simulator league is because there is an even wider range of talent yeah, than you to me. Single digits up to twenty six. Like if we well, if twenty six is generous. We just I'm talking forty plus. If we didn't oh, put yeah. a cap on the handicaps, it would. I'm saying like. It's going from Ryan lowest at nine to like 45. And we're yeah. only playing nine holes. So that like, I mean, it eliminates a few bumps that you would get. But I mean, there there are a couple people here that would probably get three bumps a hole. Yeah. In our, in our system. Yeah. Yeah. I also think one of the reasons why you guys always play gross rather than net too is because you guys are just close enough in handicap to where on a tie, a really good day by Tyler and maybe a bad day by Ryan. Yeah. It's a close game. Yeah, well, it's happening. Yeah. 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 A really, really, really bad day. And just like a normal day for me. <laughs> um, but like my golf buddy. Yeah. He's a six. I'm like a probably a 10, nine or 10. Mm-hmm. And I'll wax the floor with him. Six out of ten times. Right, which is because handicap is such a wide variety of averages. Like, we, we do know how to calculate your handicap. Take your last 20 rounds that are certified. Take the eight best of those. Average that number. You have your handicap now. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, we know how to do that. That part is easy. It comes down hole by hole is what is difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, we're in week three of Golf League. Yes. Um, First week, best ball. Second week, scramble, which is a lot of fun. Um, Third week, 
alternating shots. Yes. You were the first round to play yesterday. How'd it go? Um, uh, what course also? Um, Coeur d'Alene. In, is that the floating green or is that number 18 on the back nine? It, it's, yeah, we're not playing the floating green. We're Fuck. playing front nine. We should, uh, for this week, we should have a closest to pin uh, office wide. It's all individual competition, no teams anymore. Okay. We should have closest to pin on the floating green just because of this course. Yeah, it is a cool thing, but I just knew that five of the 12 people playing would hit that green. If that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah think. I mean, um, and everyone would just got pissed and frustrated. And it's like, I don't need that as the commissioner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm down for that. But yeah, alternating shot on paper should have gone much worse than scramble for me, but it went better for some. Go on. We just, we just scramble. We just played bad, plain and simple. We just played bad that day. Uh, luckily we still won. So that that's nice because we're doing the head to head matchup thing. And the other team played just as shitty, if not worse. Really? Um, so we we're we're two and oh. We just played last week. We were three under um an alternating shot because we we played, we matched up super well. We had a couple whiffs. We could have been five or six under, but we duffed or net. Net. See, this is the this is the discrepancy here. So we we were we were three over. Okay. Gross. And gross. Yeah. Which yep. is not bad for alternating shot. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, we played good. So I, I'm expecting the scores to be a little bit lower than last week. Yeah. Because the alternating shot is definitely harder. And we cannot play true alternating shot because of the technology. There's no way to both players hit a drive, then pick one and alternate from there. Yeah. Like the it's technology like a, just doesn't a, let us. It's a first shot scramble and the rest is alternating shot. That's how you play normally on the regular course. But with this, you can't do it. So we just... We just truly alternates one person gets to drive Whoever finishes the putt on the hole before the other person drives on the next hole yeah and so what we did is jack usually hits better drives than me when he's warmed up and he was warmed up yesterday so he hits yeah he was hitting for 45 minutes before we were done yeah because we thought we were going to start like 5 30 we didn't start to like 6 15 yep um but he hits his first drive and fucking whiffs it. And I'm like, oh. That's what happens. You have a good range session, then yeah. it just goes to shit. Uh, like, we're in trouble. But we picked it up from there. I absolutely striped my five iron, like 210. Really? I don't, it was the best shot I hit of the whole day was my first shot. Uh, but then we played pretty damn good. We had a couple of whiffs around the green, just like chipping it too short. Like, we didn't fuck up our chips. We just misjudged the diff distance on the course and left it in the rough. But other than that, we played pretty damn good. So, um, and we have the worst team in the league this week. So, should be a yeah, should be a bloodbath. Yeah. So we're we're on the fast track to three and zero, baby. So is there is there strategy in the alternating shot to where if you know that Jack cannot hit a fairway off the tee box, um, you might purposely leave a putt out of the gimme range so he has to finish it out and then you get to drive on the next hole. So that did cross my mind, but my thought was, why waste a shot now to just gain the shot back? It's the it's the That's net, true. it's the net same, okay. you know. Yeah, because I was thinking I was thinking about doing that if it came down to it with Miles and I. Um, but it's good to hear your perspective. You've already played. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's how I would play it. I mean, I would just play it straight up normal too. Like you can try to cheat the system and and get the better person driving every time. But in the grand scheme of things, you're sacrificing a shot to just gain the exact same shot back. And I would say you guys golfed really fast yesterday too. Like it was around super 45 fast. Super minutes. fast. Not, uh, 
we were done in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Well, cause think well, about it. Yeah, you're only yeah. hitting half a shot. Yeah, yeah. You're only playing one score. So yeah. take a couple of practice swings, Ryan. That's what immediately it's came. It's not part no. of the routine though. I don't, I don't take, I take one practice swing and I'm ready. Yeah. See, I don't, when I'm on the simulator, I like it's you either, take 12. It's either that day I take 12 or that day I just take none. Like there's no in between. So I think I'm I just going to need to find a happy one. medium. Yeah. I think I do too. And I got the week do you to like do that it. piece of advice? I think you need to find a pre-shot routine. Even though oh. I don't have one, I have wanted to have one, so I project on other people to get one. Um, in like looking at myself from the outside in. How no, different is your pre-shot routine in the simulator from the actual course? Because mine is wildly different. Oh, it's 100%. It, well, because I'm hitting off the same surface every time. Yeah. So I have, I mean when the ball is set up and ready to go on the launch monitor, I'm not fucking standing behind the ball. I mean, you're hitting into a screen. Yeah. A lot of the times I don't even know where I'm aiming. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, hit, I'm just going to hit it. And mm -hmm. if it turns out good, it turns out good. Also advice in the simulator is way different than regular advice on the golf course too. Like, cause the conditions are so different. Like, like you said, same shot every single time. Whereas like if someone's about to like wants to give me advice, like, well, on the course, you're going to want to aim right if the ball's below your feet or, or whatever. It's like none of that matters here. It's all about like just the same advice over and over again. OK, OK. So that's a good point. Uh, what are some tips on the golf course that make you automatically roll your eyes? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can think of three right off the top of my head where if someone just out of nowhere says it, I'm like, no shit, buddy. <laughs> I can I know how to read the spin of a golf yeah. ball. And that brings me to my first one. So you slice one right off the tee. Ah, that one you really cut across your body. Thanks. Oh, no shit. <laughs> because the way the ball was spinning, it started left, went all the way across the fairway into the other fairway, which, hey, actually, you know, if you're going to slice one off, off the tee, um, do it hard. Yeah. It, Don't end up in between fairways. Get in the other one. <laughs> I think a, I, I think a great pre-shot routine is to figure out like where the best miss is. If the miss <laughs> is right, because there's a fairway over there and on the left, there's just marsh and trees. I mean, let the shoulders fly and let that baby travel the other fairway. Because, I mean, it can't get much better than that. See, I just I'm I'm just trying to hit it straight. Tyler, I just want to hit it in my own fairway. We're going to be doing that for the rest of our lives. I we're know. going to be trying to hit it straight the rest yeah. of our lives. Sometimes we do it, though. So don't plan to miss. It's the same as don't go left and I then know. you go left. I know. Like, ah, I hope I don't go right. But if I do, I'll be safer. Then you're going to go right. Yeah. For me, it's it. the first one is cutting across the body. Of course. Weird. I didn't know I just cut across my body because I sliced it 50 yards into the other <laughs> fairway. So yeah. thanks for that. I'll make sure I don't cut across my body next time. Yeah. Thank you for that advice. Um, I think we should just knock this one out of the way. Like, keep your head down. We know. We know we're supposed to keep our head down. Yeah. Like, And, and technically, when you get really good, you're not supposed to keep your head down. Is that uh, really it? Is that the truth? That Yeah, it's, it's like a whole thing. Just to, once you're like good at making contact with the ball every time and you've got that muscle memory down and yada 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 yeah then it doesn't really matter yeah. but right away when you start it is good advice for beginners like but like i'm talking beginners beginners here's the thing about people who like they see a, a glimpse of hope in their golf game mm -hmm. they may be like you know they maybe shoot like an 89 or a 90 when they usually shoot like high 90s low hundreds and they're feeling good, right? They think they have unlocked something in their brain to where like, 
I know what I'm doing now. Those people, when they get out with someone else who is of, uh, you know, of a, a lesser caliber of them, mm-hmm. maybe shooting low to uh, mid 100s, whatever, they automatically think that they're warranted to give advice. Well, you yes. know, I just shot 89. I, I, I've unlocked this, this, all this potential in my head on mm-hmm. the golf course. I can now start giving advice. The first one, it's they pick off the easiest things to tell other people. Hey, I think you really cut across your body on that one. Um, God, you know, you really pulled your head on that. Yep. Or when you when you take a swing and you really yank your head, they go, they go, stop, stop. Look at where you're looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I think that, I mean, that goes with any sport. Baseball, keep your head down. Eye mm-hmm. on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. Well, duh. I mean, what? Thank who, you. who the fuck else am I looking at? My smoking hot wife in the stands? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, of course I'm looking at the ball. Yeah. It's those, it, they pick off the easiest pieces of advice when they see a glim- glimmer of hope in their game because they think they can give that to other people. Yeah. Right. And I'm not like, I'm not saying that you and I are elite golfers, Ryan. No. But we are to the point now where if someone tells me to keep my head down, I either already fucking know that I pulled my head. You (laughs) don't need to tell me or that's just not the case. And they're just saying shit to say shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I also think this is a, this is a place where advice is warranted. If you play with somebody enough and you talk golf with somebody enough, odds are like, okay, Tyler, me and you, we play a lot together. We talk about golf a lot together. Um, Typically when we're talking golf, I'm going to be telling you what I'm working on. And if you see me stray away, like it, during an actual round of what I'm working on, mm-hmm. you're maybe going to give me a piece of advice. If I'm working on not cutting across my body and yep. I cut across my body on the tee, you're like, yep, that one you cut across your body. That I think that type of advi- advice is warranted. Well, if you're seeking it out, it's all warranted, right? Well, like, and you know, because uh, based off our golf talk, mm-hmm. um, God, I, like, I've been hammering the simulator and uh, sweet shots and the range, just like trying to get away from cutting across my body. You know that that's what I'm working on. I think mm-hmm. that's a time when it's warranted. Yeah. But if yep. you're golfing with someone new, maybe no advice is best advice. Yeah, that's, that, no, that's the key. No advice is the best advice when you're with someone you don't know. And I think, I think going out with like a first timer or someone who doesn't golf often, um, like if you are going to give advice, because I know it's hard, it's hard not to sometimes I think the best piece of piece of advice is to be like, just today, just focus on making good contact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where the ball goes because we've seen how many fucking variables go into a swing. Yep. Just work on making good contact. Mm-hmm. All that other shit can come after you know how to make good contact on the face of the club. Yeah. Uh, the, the one piece of advice that really, really makes me roll my eyes is when someone tells me, hey, never lead a... Never leave a birdie putt short. Oh, that is because it's not even really that true. Oh, sorry. Oh. Well, I'll just send it eight feet past the hole then just to make sure I don't leave it short. Get oh. that shit out of my head. Don't tell me that right before I'm about to hit my birdie putt. I don't, I don't understand the logic behind that one either. Like, what is the logic of never leaving a birdie it's putt because, short? It's because if you leave something short, you never have a chance to make it. If you hit it long, yep. you can still catch the cup. It's like give yourself a chance, put it in play type of situation. But I would also don't want to send it off the fucking green. Oh, uh, never leave a birdie, birdie put, put short. Oh yeah. No, fuck. I thought the hole was two feet in front of where it actually is. <laughs> Thank God he said that. I was just going to breathe God. on it. 
maybe it's a fuck. Maybe it's not leaving a putt short. It's it's there's I'm playing the slope. Yeah, just misread the distance. The read in my head, it doesn't even come down and leave it short. It comes down to the read. Mm -hmm. So the advice there, again, if you're going to give it, but probably don't, it's not just pussyfooting it up to the hole. It's just the read itself. We're just not as good at reading greens as some other people. Yeah, That's the issue right there. And they act like I'm going to leave it six feet short. If I leave a birdie putt an inch short, I don't feel bad about that. No. Like, yeah, it sucks. I wish I would have got that birdie. But thank God I didn't send it four feet past and then have a potential to miss my putt again. Okay, now what what does really suck is when the line is perfect and you do leave it short. Yes, I I agree. It sucks, but it's better than blazing it by because you don't want to leave your birdie port shut. Jesus Christ, I can't speak to that. (laughs) Because you don't want to leave your birdie putt short. Um, One thing that really sucks about just blowing one by, especially if it's an uphill putt, then God damn it. You got to come back downhill mm-hmm. and that sucks. Mm-hmm. So on uphill putts, I'm more likely to leave them short than I am to blow them by. Yeah. yeah. I would also say that there is the benefit of leaving a putt short is that you already get to see what the line looks like on the way up. Right? Like if you're, if you leave a, a putt short, you get to see what it looks like the whole way in. You also get to but on the on the flip side of it, if you put it past, you also get to see the line past. Regardless you see the line. Well, that's fair, but you also get to see less of it. If you leave it short, fuck, you're right, dude. I didn't really (laughs) think that one through. (laughs) A a great hack for like a four-man scramble is if if you can like, I don't know, pick your tee time. It's super early in the morning. A little bit of dew on the greens. Mm -hmm. It's an it's basically a putt preview from PGA Tour 2K23 mm-hmm. that the dew leaves on the green after that first yep. putt. Yeah. I will say one of my proudest moments as a golfer being a terrible putter is being able to be the team player and give the line the first one in the scramble. Yeah, it's great. Everyone's like, got to know their role. The line guy is an important role. Yeah. Very important. It is It is one of my favorite roles to play. And you got to find, yeah, it, it takes the right person too. It's got to be someone that's not too proud. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's okay. I'm fine being the guinea pig knowing that I'm probably not going to make this putt. But because I'm going to miss it, someone else has a better chance of making yeah. it. Yeah. I know this is kind of straying away from things, but <laughs> we're talking four-man scrambles again. Yeah, we're back. But... I love nothing more than when the entire group is aware that the order of this of the shots need to be switched up. Yeah. Like, All right, boys, we, we, we got to switch some mm-hmm. up here. Um, I'm going to go first. You go second, third, fourth, whatever, um, even on the greens. But if you're hot, you cannot stray no. away from that order. It's like it's like superstition when watching a football game. Everyone's got to stay in the same seat if the team's playing well. It's the same as a scramble. Everybody's got to stay in the same order if the team is playing well. And then everyone's got to know their roles. Like you've got the putt guy, you've got the play it safe guy, you've got the you've got the guy that's smacking the iron. So you're like, let's give him the best lie type of situation. Can't dial that even more uh, on the greens in a four man scramble. The first guy is the line guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't expect to make that putt. But right. He's going to give everyone else the line. And I'll tell you what, when they when they hit potentially the worst putt of their lives and they don't give you the line. There's nothing worse than that. Oh, that now you're, you're down totally a guy. Totally giving him shit. You're dude. down a guy. Yeah. The first guy is the line guy. The second guy is the confirmation guy. Mm-hmm. That guy's confirming the first guy's line to see whether that's right or not. Yeah. Like maybe first guy got the pacing wrong a little bit. Yep. Second guy, like, all right, I'm going to take a little bit off, hit that same line just yep. to check. The third guy is like, 
the third guy should be the guy who makes the putt. Yeah. And if he, for some reason, like misreads it or just mishits it, the fourth guy's the clutch guy. Fourth guy's already seen three of these putts go towards that hole. He I, better be fucking I think close. Clean up. Putting in a scramble is the hardest job, especially if all three guys miss before you. Potentially the hardest position in golf is the cleanup guy. Yeah. On the greens in a four-man scramble. Now, when the fourth guy makes a putt after the other three have missed, there's no better it's piece electric. of camaraderie mm-hmm. for a team when that guy sinks one. Now, when that guy misses one, that may be... I think it's on the first three guys. If that guy misses one, yes, he's, he has the clutch gene in his body, but that, that's, that ain't on him. That's on the other three. It's the best cop-out if you are the cleanup guy, too. Just be like, well, you guys missed, too. You, you guys know? all gave me three different lines. What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> well, I think, I think it's a good time then to maybe switch the order up on the green. Yeah. Uh, also, on the flip side, it's super electric, too, when the guy that's first, just your average Joe line guy, actually makes the putt. Mm-hmm. It's fucking sweet. You're like, hell yeah, everybody put your putters back. Because then the mm-hmm. confidence is through the roof. One of my favorite lines in a scramble, if I'm like batting third or fourth or whatever and I'm putting well that day. It's like, oh, you got it, Jake. I'm not bringing my putter. You're going to make it. I'm just going to stay in the cart. (laughs) Yes, it's it's a great line. And I mean, think of the confidence that gives the guy on the green Mm -hmm. putting. Or it's like, uh, or you go on the flip side of that, right? Jake, you better make it. I'm not getting out of the cart. (laughs) I am not moving. Yep. I'm not moving out of this cart. I'll see you guys at the next tee box. Also, when you get like, say you're playing a par three and your second shot or your third shot is right up next to the hole and you only have to send one guy up there because mm-hmm. it's just a tap in. Yeah, go clean that up quick. Go clean that up. Oh, oh it's the perfect. Best, dude. Um, back to the negative side of golf. <laughs> Eye rolling tips. Mm-hmm. If I heal a ball, like I clearly either like snap one left or again, slice it 50 yards across fairway. If I hit one right off the heel and someone says, yeah, I, I think you just need to back off the ball a little bit. <laughs> like maybe back up your stance a tad. Oh, no shit. <laughs> it wasn't just a weird coincidence that I hit one off the heel. It's it Now it's where I'm lining up. Okay. Um, again, this brings me back. Maybe I should just work on making better ball contact. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the stance. Maybe it is. I don't know. But that advice coming from your I playing think- partner or someone else don't do it. If you're hitting it off the heel, I think you probably just didn't keep your head down. <laughs> God damn it, Tyler. Now, you know what they need to have? They need to implement something so people are more aware of golfing advice. Maybe before a round, there's a f- little fucking whiteboard on the outside of your golf cart. And it just said at the top, it just says advice needed. And you can put your bullet points in there. For your playing partner to be like, oh, okay, you know, he's really cutting across. He's working on cutting across his body. So if he does that, I'll tell him. Mm. So I see you fuck up, but I have to go check the list before I say anything. I mean, you look at the list before the tee box number mm-hmm. one. Here we are. Classic Breakfast Ball podcast. We're making up inventions that just don't need to be invented <laughs> no. whatsoever. You can just tell Tyler, hey, man, I'm working on this stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, the more I talk about it, the more I get in my head about it, right? That's fair. That's so, fair. Well, is the more you you literally have to go back and read that list every time you get a club. Yeah. Ah, fuck, he pulled his head. What was the board say? What's the whiteboard? Fuck, you Right, keep your board. head down. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like phrases to not tell me during this round. Yeah. Keep your head down. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what, which ones make you roll your eyes? 
Oh, uh, my least favorite one is my like T height, like how high I'm teeing the ball up, right? Because <laughs> that's it relatively is mostly personal feel, right? Like it depends on the size of your clubs and all that stuff, right? Especially if it's the first tee. So I'm yeah. like, really? You're going to tee it up that high, huh? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. Because that's how I, I don't. Or like I, I teed up the ball pretty low compared to most people. I don't know, Jake. I've literally seen you flop shot with a driver. Yeah, Literal yeah, yeah. flop shot, 40 yards. Yeah, that's because I'm standing too close to it, though. Maybe tell me to back up <laughs> and I won't hit it as high. No, I, I've been teeing it up really low lately, and I've been getting nothing but comments about, like, what, you really? That's the tee you're going to be using on this? He's, it's been, like, using, he's been using Jake. a par 3 tee. Yeah, do you remember when it was two podcasts ago, I talked about Jake's two best drives he's ever hit, and they were on the wrong nine? Yeah, it's because I brought it's the tee because down. I right before I'm like, Jake, just use it. You kept fucking getting under. I'm like, just use a shorter tee. Tyler, and then he did. And then he hit his the two best drives of his entire life. And I've been continuing to use that tee and I haven't even hit a drive over so, 250 cents. So, <laughs> so the go, the advice that makes you roll your eyes is the advice that led to the two best drives you've ever hit. OK, first of all, they weren't the two best drives. I've yes, ever they hit. have. I've hit a couple over 300 before you. Both of those were should have been 320, but you hit the sand on one. And the rough on the other. I just I just haven't been able to hit that same drive again. I, it, yeah, it's because I haven't been here to give you advice. Holy. Yeah. And it wasn't even advice. It's more it was just me annoyed that Jay kept hitting it straight up above his head. And it's like, just use a lower T, my guy. The, yeah, I mean, the worst part is when you know what someone is doing wrong and they continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, they're not self-diagnosing it themselves to fix the problem. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm sure you guys could say a lot about my swing because I'm a 26 handicap about. I would say that's the I know that's the max for our league, but I think that's probably accurate for you. Yeah, I went out and I shot a 97 last week on a simulator round, which is 26 (laughs) on the nuts, isn't it? Something like that. But Is that how it's again? I don't know how it's calculated. We do know how it's calculated. If you hit that eight times out of 20, then, yeah, that's your 26. That's about what I golf is a 90 high 90s. Sure. Um, my last, my last phrase of eye rolling advice is iron shots, wedge shots, chip shots, whatever. Hey man, uh, just make sure you hit ball first. (laughs) What is that? Because I just chunked the ball 20 yards in front of me. (laughs) Is that because I hit one foot in front of my ball, dragged my club through the dirt and barely actually scraped the ball itself? Thank you for that. Wait, so the best way to take divots is is to hit ball first? Fuck, I thought it was to hit six feet behind the ball. <laughs> drag your club like a fucking gopher from Caddyshack all the way up to it and then basically just flip it up as hard as you can. <laughs> it's all wrists, baby. Yeah. I understand I need to hit ball first. Yeah. Thank you for that comment, though. I mean, any sport that has a ball that needs to be sh- striked in any way, you need to hit the ball first. There is not a sport where you are purposely hitting the ground before you, uh, you cricket, hit the ball. Actually, cricket got you on that one, Tyler. Yeah, no, the bat no, does no, not the hit the ground the first. Though. Fuck, you're right, no. dude. It is the most generic, obvious advice of all time. Like I know that there's more golf meaning to that than there is like other sports. But in what sport? Tell me a single sport where you're not supposed to hit the ball first. 
Yeah, I the can't answer think is we of one. Can't. Yeah, yeah, it's because it doesn't. It's the most obvious shit. Yeah, you got to hit the fucking ball. It is quite literally the whole purpose of golf to hit the ball. Actually, first. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, just only. And then dig the club in. Imagine yeah. if someone told you that off your drive. Hey, you got to get ball first, buddy. <laughs> Actually, you should probably tell me that sometimes, Tyler. <laughs> you take a divot with your driver. <laughs> Divots with the driver are something else. They are hilarious. Because you don't even need to tell anybody what just happened. Yep. It's more so like, I think everyone, I think everyone can laugh. Everybody knows that. immediately. Because if you're hitting ball or if you're hitting the ground and then the ball off of the tee <laughs> in which you have full control on how high you want to tee that thing up. I mean, you could literally get a fucking wooden dowel, <laughs> dig that bitch into the ground and baseball swing it off the tee. <laughs> I mean, you have that, you have that option if you absolutely want Jer- it. Jersey day in my Ken Griffey Jr. Jersey. Yeah. I'll be doing that. hundred <laughs> percent. Give me a baseball team. And it's like, Jake, I think you should start like putting your ball like, on the ground and then stomping on it <laughs> so that when you do take your divot with your driver, you still get contact still with the ball. Still get good contact. Fuck. Yeah. No, no. There's a lot of, as you could tell, um, a lot of sarcastic, uh, a lot of sarcastic voices going mm-hmm. on like, oh, no shit. You, I really need to keep my head down. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have one more. Oh, okay. Go that's on. That's going to be pretty surprising mm. uh, considering wh- where my game shines and where my game struggles mm. and it's very contextual it, it, it has to be in the right context for me to roll my eyes at this mm. it is drive for show putt for dough i will roll my eyes at that if it's somebody that is hitting their fucking drives into the trees yeah but imagine how much better you'd play if you hit a fairway once in your life now is that a piece of advice yeah, it's just telling you to stop worrying about your drives and worry about your short game. I I mean, to, to me, I will take that advice to heart when it's I don't need to hit it a mile. But if I'm hitting it 40 yards left and 40 yards right, I need to drive for dough here. Yeah, It's going to yeah. take me four shots to get out of the trees, guys. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if I go up and down for a nine. Okay, I, re- I do really like that line, though. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I know. But I, I, I think... It's only after you make a good putt. Yeah, but the, the, I'm just saying it only the only time I roll my eyes is like when people are saying that that are shanking it into trees. Like mm-hmm. if you hit it OB, you got to start driving for some dough. Yeah. Take out your 3 wood and just start putting it 200 down the middle. Like you the, it's a distance thing. If their accuracy is a problem, then you're gonna have to start driving for dough, guys. Yeah. That's you, fair. It doesn't matter if you one putt for an 8. If it took you seven strokes to get there, it doesn't matter if you're the best putter in the world. Those days where you're driving for dough and putting for dough are the fucking best. We need to change the phrase, Ryan, to drive for dough, putt for dough. Yeah. Or putt for show. Just sink 60 footers all day. <laughs> I was trying to, I'm trying to think of another O word. I, I can't, though. Me How about we just double it up? How about every fucking shot that you're hitting? Is for money. It's for, <laughs> it's for that dough. It's for, it's for racking up that cash. Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee a lot of people of you listening right now are playing for dough. Mm-hmm. And every shot matters. Meaning every shot is for dough. Yes. So that also includes your drives, guys. If you're hitting your drives into the woods, you're not driving for dough. And driving for dough, driving for show is 
putting yourself in a long drive competition with the people you're playing with. Yeah. It's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But driving for dough is like, let's just put one 250 down the middle. Yeah. How about it? How about that it? That would be great. 250 down the, down mm-hmm. the pipe. And, like, and then sink in a 10, even a 10 footer. Because the percentage of making a 10 footer is not as high as you expect, even no. on the tour. So how about we put one 250 down the middle and then we make a 10 footer for par to win the hole. How about it? Deal. Drive for dough, puff for dough. It's all about the dough. Yeah. And the best advice of all time that anyone can get or give is, keep is have a down. beer. Yep. I'm in on that. That's hey, that's my go-to hey, advice. Buddy. Have a beer. Have a beer. Speaking I think, what, what, what's, what's going on? Why am I? Just maybe have a drink, man. Dude, put one down. Relax a little bit. Maybe you're too hydrated. Maybe you need to dehydrate yourself. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. You got too much water. Stop drinking water and wipe that sunscreen off. I, uh, <laughs> speaking of have a beer, the one time you told me that pine to palm, I am, I'm fucking, I'm in for the year. My, the, the suspension is over and I'm in this year. <laughs> You're back. I've already started visualizing in my head, taking my boy. Um, I'm actually, I hope I get grouped up for qualifying with my boy, Tom, mm. who beat me, uh, four and three. Tom, you're on our Two years list. ago. I hope I get grouped up with him and I hope I get to play him in match play again. Hmm. Cause I'm, I'm already starting to visualize in my sleep what that's going to look like. <laughs> this, I'll go five and four. This tournament is nine months away. Yeah. It, yeah. Visualization is key. <laughs> also, also a couple episodes ago, we talked about new year's resolutions and last year, both of you guys had resolutions about playing in the pine of palm and none of that. Well, we could have, I couldn't though. I was suspended for a year. They, they yeah. gave me, I signed up like a day late. So I was on a waiting list, 17 deep. And I'm like, oh, I'm not getting in. Mm. And then they call me three days before my wedding. They're like, yeah, you can be in if you want. I'm like, well, I fucking can't now. Yeah. Wedding. Married. Can't. Ball wedding. and chain. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, so it's their fault, not ours, Jake. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. As we take a break, I want you to think I want you to think through a little bit. What piece of pieces of advice are you giving your buddies that are unwarranted and that maybe shouldn't be given to your buddies? Also, what pieces of advice are you receiving that you just need to send a text out to the group chat and be like, "If any of you fuckers say this to me on the course this year, <laughs> you're done." Dead to I'm me. I'm kicking you out of the group. You're right done, guys. All right, guys, before we get into the next segment, New sponsor alert. Wow. Holy shit. It dude. feels so good. It does. To have a company like this. Someone who we we basically looked at the tagline and we're like, Tyler, is this you? Yep. <laughs> Ryan, is this you? Yep. Um, Union Green. Union Green. Union baby. Green Golf with the tagline always in play. Always in play is such a good tagline. It's also just such a good way to approach the game. Yeah. Hit one off the heel, slice one into the trees. Doesn't matter. That's in play. I'm not play. taking a drop ever. There are no OB lines in our world. Is my ball sitting three inches into the mud on the bank of a water hazard that should technically be OB? Wrong. Always in play. It's always in play, baby, with Union Green. Um, Union Green, newest sponsor of the Double Bogey mm-hmm. Show. Uh, and another reason that we love Union Green, number one, the merch that we're wearing right now. Yep. The hats. I'm a big time rope hat guy. I'm a hat guy in general. I'm a, I'm a fucking t-shirt guy for Christ's sakes. And I love wearing this stuff. Tyler's got the dad hat on name. because oh, yeah. he's a more seasoned dad than I am. Eventually I'll be into that, into that, um, 
that aspect of fatherhood. I'll be wearing dad hats. Yes. But the best thing of all, Tyler. Go on. The poor caddy. Look at this piece of ingenuity. I'm going to take yours because my cups are out. All right. Looks like a general regular ass coffee mug. It kind of right? looks like a bigger, like a Stanley mug almost yeah. without the handle. It's like a tumbler. Like yeah, yeah. Marshall sees this. Oh, yeah. Homie's brought his coffee or yeah, he yeah. filled up coffee in the clubhouse. The ice water in there. Wrong. Look at this. Bottom unscrews, right? Oh, yeah. Just another little glass. Wrong again. Shot glasses in the bottom. Lay those bad boys out. This top filled with liquor. Little spout thingy. There's your birdie juice, baby. The the, the top part, like the the the, the reservoir mm -hmm. of the poor caddy, um, is water resistant. So you're actually not allowed to put water in there. Yeah. Uh, under our yeah. terms, anyway, you're not. It's water resistant. We'll just put it that way. You're not allowed to put anything but booze in the poor caddy <laughs> when it comes to the double bogey show. Yeah, you can like put a a pop in there if you want like a mix. Yeah, that's not a yeah, bad idea yeah, either. Yeah. Um, but the poor caddy is sweet because you always have uh, a little bit of birdie juice in the bag, mm -hmm. in the cup holder, wherever you want. Um, the nice little uh, stainless steel spout that comes off yeah. the top. Perfect pour. Whatever the birdie juice of choice that day is, is going to fit perfectly in actually, the poor caddy. I actually got Grandpa Dave one for Christmas. So we're going to break that bad boy out. Grandpa Dave. And I can, about, I can tell you what's going to be in G. Dave's poor caddy. Fireball. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's got. A bottle of Fireball in his bag with four sticky, disgusting shot glasses because every time we get a birdie, Grandpa, for some reason, doesn't want to take pulls out of the bottle. If it's just me and him, maybe. But I get it when there's a bunch of people. You don't want to be taking pulls out of the bottle, swapping germs. Well, the thing about the so pull out of the bottle, too, sorry to cut you off, but um, it's not as much of a social aspect. If you have four shot glasses mm -hmm. lined up you can all take them at one time if you're taking pulls it's it's an individual game at that point yeah yeah there's no camaraderie in it uh but grandpa like you, pouring a shot out of the bottle you can do it cleanly but not when you've had 18 birdies already correct and then you spill on your seat you've got fireball over your seat you got it on the outside of your shot glasses you got it on the outside of the bottle you put it back in your bag your bag gets all fucking sticky and your bag starts smelling like booze and the marshal can sniff that on the first tee put it in here it's clean you're drunk and you're having fun. Also, when you hit the uh, the water cup station, it's a great time to wash those babies out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Do a little yep. do a little house cleaning on your part. Mm -hmm. I know we're getting older. We take more responsibility in that stuff. We don't want sticky shit laying all around. You hit the water cup station, wash those shot glasses out, get them ready for the next round, for the next group, whatever it may be. Tyler, you want to talk about some budget friendly, solid hitting golf balls? Yeah, I'll it's, juggle that question. The tee drop, <laughs> the pin bird. The Union Green Custom Golf Balls. They're like 20 bucks for how many of 24? A dozen. A dozen? You can Let's literally fucking go. What I think this is this is hearsay coming from my end. I think you could maybe get a box of Union Green Balls for cheaper than a dozen eggs. Maybe. And I'll tell you what, these balls hopefully are going to last you more than a dozen eggs will. And even if they don't, you didn't break the bank on them anyway. Exactly. Uh, the thing that I like about them, they're not trying to trick you with some fancy fucking words. No. They're just a good golf ball. Yeah, we've been using them in the simulator for... Exclusively. Actually, we've like, had, that's all we've been using. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, Union Green sent us about a thousand golf balls. So um, if we run out of those, 
I don't think we're worthy of a sponsorship at this well, point. Especially on a simulator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the problem is we've actually lost a few on the simulator. They get lodged There's, up in the stuffing or whatever. Yeah, we got some top. underneath the bar. Yeah. But they're uh, all over the place. Yep. Uh yeah. Union Green guys, go check them out. Uniongreen.com. All right, guys. New sponsor. It's a new chapter. Love new chapters. Love of ringing in the new year. With some new new pals, some new yes, friends. Yes, feels really good. Some um, new balls. New chapter of today's podcast. My balls are getting gross, man. I need a new balls bad. Tyler. <laughs> All right. What are we it took about? us 120 episodes for me to make a nutsack joke. That is true. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. Um, yeah. What are we rolling into for segment two? Uh, we're going to roll into the most underrated things on the golf course. Union Green golf balls. Nice, what, Tyler. Can't attest to that. Uh, that. <laughs> um, on top of that, I already talked in, in the Union Green ad read. I already talked about um, the water cup station. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. I will tell you. I'm not always using the water cup station, I but for our convenience, when it is there, even if I don't take a glass of water, it's still an elite thing that they have implemented onto golf courses and they take it even more serious when it's a hot day out. So they know that when you're coming to their course and paying their green fees, that they're going to keep you hydrated and they're going to do everything that they can Mm -hmm. to make sure that you guys are not, you know, fucking booze hounds out there getting dehydrated. I I swear though, that Bobby Boucher, the fucking water boy is running these coolers because it doesn't matter if it's 98 degrees and that water has been sitting out there for six hours. It is always ice cold. I it, right. I don't get it. I, it's it's the most mind-boggling thing. Tyler, I remember you and I, when we went golfing in Nashville earlier this year, mm-hmm. we left Fargo in like March. So it's 55 degrees out. We mm-hmm. jumped straight to Nashville where it was like 85, 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. And we were sweating our asses off that like whole before week. Before we teed off. Like yeah. before we even teed off. And that was the coldest, like, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable how refreshing that water down there was. We were like literally having like a spiritual experience because Jake and I were in a car together. Miles is off and Jake and I are both just dragging ass, hung over from Nashville stuff. Not to brag, you guys, we, you guys were in Nashville. Yeah, it was really fun, Ryan. You should NT- come next time. NTB. Yeah, you should. Um, so we, I, at one point, my head is just under the spout. Yeah, uh, they're uh, literally doing keg stands at the water cooler. Pretty much, and I don't get how they keep it so cold. I, I understand it's in a cooler, but shit still melts in a cooler, and it had to have been out there all fucking day. Oh, 100 percent. We were golfing at high noon, probably, mm-hmm. and that I mean, water had been out there all day. For me, it's not even the temperature of the water. Like I love what you guys are saying about it being ice cold, but for me, it's the cone cups. Uh, the cone. It does hit different out of those. What? What other aspect of your life are you drinking out of cone cups? Just that. Never. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't I th- even know if they... I don't. I think they're just clubhouse exclusives. Like, you can only buy them if you are a clubhouse that owns a golf course. Uh, they steal them from the snow cone guy down the road. That's <laughs> probably where they get <laughs> yeah. them. Snow cones. But I haven't had one of those in ages. True. Yeah. So I think snow cones are dying, dude. I agree. I agree. Sad. Um, they should have a s- snow cone station next to the water station on courses. Sick, that would be elite. Except we wouldn't be able to use the cones. They don't fit in a cup holder. I mean, I, I I think I've said this before. They should have food trucks at the turn. Like it, you get a different food yeah. truck. You're supporting local business. You're having some good food out there. I don't know, it's just a party scene. It is so incredibly satisfying to slug like eight of those little cone cups. You got water dripping down yep. your chin. 
and you just crush the cup in your oh. hand. Why does it? It's Through like the fingers. It's like touch ASMR in yeah. your hand. I'll tell you what, though, you like stay away from the tip of that cone because that sucker will cut you. They are really. Sharp. I don't know. <laughs> They're sharp. Say. Also, you feel because uh, a cone is way smaller than an actual glass. You feel great about having three glasses yeah. of water. Yeah. When you get to that had station, three glasses today. It's probably only equal to like six ounces. Yeah, probably. But at the same time, you had three glasses. <laughs> it feels way better. So mentally you're way more hydrated than you actually are. Absolutely. And these golf courses unknowingly are putting out the greatest shot glasses for free out onto the golf course. Yes. Could use them as shot glasses. Too. Yep. Yeah, you could. Paper it's disposable. Almost like a, it's, it's basically an upside down birthday hat. <laughs> yeah, without a string. <laughs> without a string. Actually, did you guys ever do this uh, like maybe as a kid growing up? No, probably not. <laughs> you just you just take like a water or something like that and you just pour it on your head and then maybe put on your hat. Your hat you pour it in your hat and then put your hat back on. The oh, yeah. best. I Baseball. need to start doing that on the golf course. I used Baseball. to do that when I was like picking rock and stuff like farming. I would just dunk my hat in the water and put it on my head and it would just like slowly yeah. drip down your back. Yep. It's the best. Yeah, you start doing time. that in golf, man. You can. I'm not. Going to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta already you be sweaty, or because if you, it's like a normal like 65 degree day, and you're just drenched, you're gonna look weird. Yeah, as that's well. true. Yeah, yeah this guy fucking sweating or what? You can need some antiperspirant or what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say another really underrated thing on the golf course is uh, not just a porta john every three holes, but when they actually have yeah. the full standalone shitter and all that like okay. brick building tyler i was gonna wait for you to go but jake i need to piggyback off this my one of my other most underrated things on the golf course was nice clubhouse shitters mm -hmm. just because nice bathrooms in general because it, it's a roll of the dice with golf courses what you're gonna get as far as restrooms especially the courses we play yeah <laughs> and that's i mean that's one perk of showing up a little bit early to your tea time mm -hmm. if you if you get a you know a couple butterflies in your tummy you get a little nervous walking up to the first tee you might have to blow that thing out of the water dude the worst tee time in all of golf is 10 30 a.m on a saturday morning because everybody before you is hung over they stopped at the gas station for a breakfast burrito right, five hour energy and a breakfast burrito yep they, yeah they got a they got a cup of coffee in them and they got to get the demons out before they hit the tea so if you roll in at 10 30 you know that no one's been in that bathroom to maintenance yet and you are walking into a war zone oh, there's no better feeling either than walking in and having an open stall yes when when they're both taken i mean you know the intentions of the other people they're in the same exact spot as you are however they planned their day out a little bit better. They got to the shitter before you did. Yeah, I'm also, I'm just skipping it. I'm holding it. Oh, that, I'm that not. Point. I have to spray paint nah, the, I'm, the I'm, porcelain I'm waiting before for, the first tee, dude. I'm waiting for the turn or the, the first the first available port of shitter. What does kind of suck, though, is like most clubhouses are single ply TP. Ass, mm -hmm. Single ply TP ass bleed. That's a little dicky. Uh, that's a little dicky line from Save That Money. <laughs> nice. Um single ply tp careful yeah if you're i mean if you, things get messy <laughs> and you're wiping a little too hard the that's not going to feel great on the first tea box no no it won't. maybe have a little like uh like a little bit of lotion in there to be able to might have to wear that two gloves up. the rest of the round yes <laughs> that's why i'm against the, the 
I will only go to a porta potty if I have to piss. Not if I have to shit, I <laughs> I'm holding that son of a bitch in. I'll do a hover. Really? Uh, I don't, I, I, you know how I am with toilet seats. I don't like them. You've hovered? Mm hmm. You just kind of like a half ass wall sit. How <laughs> <laughs> are your quads not on fire? I'm, I was going to say. I'm pretty fucking strong. Why not just put single ply TP? Because then your butt slides off. And if it, if it, like if you're a little bit sweaty, yeah. that shit and then sticks. It sticks to your butt. Yeah, and then no. when you peel it off, it's like not peel. It's like a sticker that uh, you know, like paper based sticker. <laughs> it leaves yeah, some yeah. residue. Too. Yeah, yeah. God, I'm just avoiding it at all costs. If I get past the point of like, all right, I held it in long enough, and now I can just move on. It's not coming back. Yeah. So I'm either blowing out the clubhouse bathroom which I'm sure a lot of us are doing, mm -hmm. or I'm just not going at all. Yeah, uh, to get us off potty talk, um, one thing that I think is super underrated, and I don't know if this was a COVID invention or not, but I love that little tray thing that they put at the bottom of the pin. Yeah. So when your ball goes in the cup, and if you leave the pin in, you just hit that thing and your ball pops out. That is great, but the ball doesn't pop out far enough for you to catch it. You still if you have do to, it right. You still have to bend down. And grab it off the ground. No, if you do it right, you can get it to you. And the best no, you is you, can. you hit it with your putter and catch it in your hand. Well, I have putter integrity. I'm not trying to scratch my putter. On yeah, I, I probably it's won't like, It's usually like a like a steel like a steel um a hook. Yep. Yeah. What what do uh um it, Tyler in the Bible a crook a shepherd's yeah, crook. Shepherd, shepherd. Yeah. Yes. Shepherd's crook. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like one of those things. Snap that baby up, but it doesn't fly high enough for you to catch it. I think you're doing it wrong because I was going to say the reason I love it so much is not because of ease of getting my ball. It's because if you do it right and you make a sick putt, you walk over there, you fucking flick that thing up with your foot real good and you just catch it and walk off the green. So you're a pin in guy then. Yeah. And we know you know this about me. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still I'm still kind of in the middle. Pin in, pin out. If if pins out, you don't get that opportunity. I'm the least amount of effort type of guy, and but least during, amount of effort is leave the pin in during co during COVID. I think it was always pin in. It was, and it was like yep. th there was. I mean, there was like fucking uh, the pool, pool noodle pool noodles. On yeah, it. which I think is I think this returner thing was a COVID invention so that you didn't have to like touch the flag. Yeah, you use yeah. your foot to get it out. Yeah, or um, we did a video with that putter where you just stick the putter in the hole, mm -hmm. you snag the ball and bring it back out. That's, I mean, yeah. But you got to take the pin out for that guy. Yeah, it is kind of a cool invention, though. I will give you that. Um, there's a guy who made a lot of money off that, I bet. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or it was just every individual, like, maintenance shed made them for them. Yeah. That's, that's probably what it was. I just, I genuinely, on the, if I get to the first green and I see that little hook coming off the bottom of the pin, I'm like, hell yeah. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, I'm going to sink this putt. I'm going to flip day. it up. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to walk back with my dick hanging on the ground. <laughs> it would be kind of cool if there was, like, an automatic ball returner. You know, I feel like, like on the putting mats, some of them, if you hit it into the hole, it'll, like, like pop it back to you. Mm -hmm. um, if it was, like, uh, pressure sensored at the bottom of the hole, so when, even if pins out, when it hits the bottom of the hole, it shoots it back up in the air. Um, fun fact, I have one of those in my office. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a prank toy. So like if you're the guy that pulls the pin, um, you're, like, you're supposed to sneak this. In. It's called the ejecta putt. Okay. So you're supposed to sneak it into the hole while your buddy's like lining up his shot or something, and you're the pin guy. And so when their putt goes in... It shoots it back out and like rolls away. I like that. It's kind of like when someone, uh, uh, like I don't know, someone goes up for a layup after the whistle, 
and an, a guy on defense just like sticks his hand through the net and pushes the ball back up. Yeah. Like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> Basically, yeah, the same thing. yeah, it's an we gotta, eject the basket. We got to get that thing out. Yeah. Oh, we just, I just haven't thought I need a good, like, I need to know there will be distractions. Oh. So it needs to be like, I should have done it the big Irv scramble. It would have been pretty funny, I think. Yeah, we'll shoot a video of it. Yeah, yeah do it for, leave it for the uh, the group behind it. It's cheap enough to where you just fucking yeah. leave it. The problem is you can't put the pin in with it in there. Ah, that, so it's, yeah, it's, it's got to be to mess with your buddies. Like you're the yep. guy taking the pin on and you're just like sneakily put, or like if your ball is next to the hole and you, you need to mark it, you like pop it out of your pocket and like sneaky sure. put it in there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can make it happen. Yeah. Um, Another underrated thing on the golf course for me yeah. is nice nice bunker rakes mm. and i'm talking i'm not talking the flat handled regular bunker rates rakes i'm talking about the 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 handles that are curved yeah. at the end it's that are almost, like eight feet long yes so i mean ergonomically friend mm -hmm. er ergonomically friendly is yeah. that the word we're trying to think of yep. sure um yeah the l-shaped like curved rakes around the bunkers now, granted, they do when you when you put them back down on the ground, they do stick up a little bit. But the odds of us hitting a rake going into the bunker, I mean, I'd rather hit a rake going well, into a bunker. Actually, if you put it down with just the tip, like, like you know, the cur <laughs> the curve end down, it's up off the ground, so you can sneak Slide through right it. Under. But also, hey, I, maybe I want to hit that. Yeah, rake, then you just the flip it over on the other side. Um, I it just feel so. It, it reminds me of when we had to rake the baseball field when I was younger. Mm. Um, those rakes sucked. They were just flat. Yes. But you, you tend to just do a way better job when it's a nice rake. Especially because you, you don't have to be in the sand raking and then you're raking the, the holes yeah. your feet make. You can do it from the edge and reach across the whole bunker. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Nothing is more awkward than doing that little shuffle walking out of the <laughs> yeah. bunker. You're, like, you're kind of looking behind you, make sure you're like retracing your steps. Yeah. It's always the worst when you get your like your main setup and, and hit spot raked. And then you start raking like to the side of you a little bit, mm -hmm. but your footsteps are not being raked coming out of the bunker. And then you got to go back in, retrace <laughs> your steps, rake it again. <sighs> it's a whole song and dance. Literally, you look like you're dancing in there, yeah, just going back true. and forth. Um, but yeah, I look forward to being in the bunker when there's nice rakes around it. Well, we spend enough time there, so yeah, better, get, better get comfy. That's why I recognize it more than other people is because, <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a lot of experience, a lot of vacations for me on the golf course. Yeah, a lot of beach vacations. Correct. Uh, I would say another really underrated thing on the golf course is shaded tee boxes. Oh, yeah. Like it is a nice little reprieve. It is because you spend a good amount of time on the tee box, you know, waiting for everybody to tee off. Mm -hmm. And when there's shade 18 there, times to be exact. Thank you, Ryan. Yep. Uh, when you got a little bit of shade there, oh, it is the best. However, one big downside to a shaded tee box is that when you do tee off and if your buddies are not that great at keeping their eyes on your ball, the second that that ball goes from shadows. shade to sun, mm -hmm. shadows, going to lose it in the air. So a little bit of a Worth it though. There. It's worth, worth it. it. 100%. Uh, look, imagine like you just played a long par five with zero trees. It's a Lynx Styles course. There's about 12 trees on the entire course. You get to the next tee box. And there's a big old oak tree cover and everything. It's like a 20 degree difference. Yeah. It's just instantly. I think you're just a fan of shade. Maybe that's it. Yeah. But the little break in between like Cottonwood, we always golf that golf course. Mm -hmm. And some of the tee boxes on there are ridiculously shady. Oh, yeah. I know the, the ones that are surrounded by pine trees on the oh, west side. Yeah. Cottonwood. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, over in Castleton. Castleton. Um, I do love the trees that have little acorns on them or those. 
acorn trees, oak trees. Oak, oak trees. Yep. Um, when they're like when they're starting to fall later mm-hmm. in the summer, and you like start hearing shit, you're wondering if like balls are being sprayed at you in the trees. I also I like that. I think oak trees are just underrated because I love when I'm fucking around with the tea box waiting for people, and you just start chipping oh. oak or you start chipping acorns and pine cones and Ch- shit. Yeah, chipping chipping acorns off the tea box could not <laughs> be a better pre-shot practice routine. It just gets your mind have. right. Yeah. Why is it so soothing? It just makes them because con- t- typically, if there's no trees, like you're just hitting maybe like broken teas mm-hmm. or shit. That's not as fun because if you hit like if you hit the corner of a tea, it's gonna you know you can't get an accurate shot mm-hmm. with a broken tea. Acorn, I mean, damn near perfectly perfectly circle. Um, you can get a great read on ball striking, <laughs> on club face angle, on club path angle. I mean. People are underestimating the practice you can get with acorns off the tee box. Or I'm going to start teeing up acorns, I think. Just behind, you know, start teeing them up, see where I wind up. You probably won't. No. Yeah, that was <laughs> you won't do that. Uh, one thing, I like it, though. Pine cones. Pine cones is another good pine one. Pine cones are I love the, exploding uh, pine cones. The elongated ones stink. I think they're fun, though, because the, they're, they're crispier. They break. They, if you hit it right, it just explodes. Hit it right off the end um, yep. and basically compress it to where it just explodes. Yep. The uh, the more round ones, which are like harder material, it's almost like like a soft wood. Mm-hmm. Um, those ones are fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the T's, uh, hitting the T's. That is my next underrated thing. I love it when I walk up to a tee box and they got the little box for T's. Really? Like all of the broken tees. Oh, yeah. And when they put them in that little box for people, that is like the epitome of what we are. We're cheap assholes, but we like we do, we, uh, we like the hunt, right? But it's so much nicer to go there and you got a little selection like, hmm, this is a par three here. I, I could use that long tee there. I could actually maybe save this for the next hole. It's long enough for me. I love having that little box there. I get pumped and I like sifting through it like I'm at a fucking rummage sale or something. There are some hidden gems in there. Oh, yeah. There are people overlooking the bottom of that tee box. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, there are the really nice tees that you can see deep in the ground. Yeah. And you try and pick them out, but those suckers <laughs> are lodged. They're, it's almost like someone poured quickcrete in that hole. Yeah, it's like, oh, now I know why they left it. <laughs> and you got to like dig the fingernails around, and then the fingernails get all full of dirt. And you're you're wondering, like, how many seconds should I actually spend on trying to get this tee out of the ground? Yeah. I'm probably spending a good 10 seconds. If it's a nice plastic tee, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to spend more time than normal trying to get that baby out. I may take a practice swing over top and may chunk <laughs> a practice swing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just give me a little You're supposed to hit room. ball first, though. When it comes to finding good tees, I think it's ground first. Yep. And then if you hit the top of the tee, it lodges it out. Mm-hmm. Boom. Add that to the bag. I would also say one of the biggest disappointments besides my golf game, is pulling a tee out and it's like it's broken. broken. It's a half Yeah. But and then it goes right in that little box though for the next guy in case he wants to go five iron off that tee. Yeah, but yep. there is a fine line between a broken tee that's usable and one that's not. Yeah. 100%. And I think it's got to be broken like up the... If it's broken straight off, there's wooden shards like hanging out. It's harder to get into the ground. But if, if it's broken at an angle, there's that nice point mm-hmm. at the end that could not slide into the dirt any better. You know, it's even more of like a buzzkill is when there's a full tee in that little box and you pick it up and then the top 
where you actually set the ball split in half. Oh, I'll oh, test yeah. my luck. The, the I'll <laughs> put that in. Maybe like maybe bend it, one tilt way it one way. Tilt, yep, yep. Yep. I will test my luck with those mm. things. Um, on the topic of tees, if you'll notice, like in the summertime, if you come into my truck, odds are there'll be at least one or two tees on my center console. Yep. And those are the ones that I have forgot in my pocket mm -hmm. after a round and my golf bag's in the back. So I'm not, I'm not taking those things and putting them back in there. Well, what you tell yourself when you put it on your dashboard is that I'll, I'll grab that before my next round and I'll you start know. with that tee and you never do. The top of the washer and dryer is also yep. another spot where you'll find a lot of well, tees that's, for me. That's the life cycle. 18th, 18th green, you got tees in your pockets. You don't put them back in your bag. If you don't realize they're in your pockets in your truck, they end up in your house and then you take them out of your pockets or your wife does yeah, yeah. and puts them either on your dresser or on your washing machine. Yeah. Not going to wreck anything in the washing machine though. No. No, it's good. Those babies can cycle right through. Yeah. Wood, plastic, don't matter. Yeah, you're just cleaning them off a little bit. Yeah, clean tees for the next round. Mm -hmm. Clean tees. Clean tees. I, I mean, tees I couldn't tell you the shirts. I couldn't tell you the last time I bought a bag of tees. They're a buck at the clubhouse, I'm sure. Two bucks maybe. Yeah, I buy about one bag a year. Big ass bag. Tyler, hmm. I get invited to a country club maybe like two, three <laughs> times a year. And that's the only time I'm going is if I'm invited. Yep. And they always have a basket of teas before the first tea box or mm -hmm. as you walk out of the clubhouse. I am... It's Damn. almost like trail mix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like... Or, or pub mix. Mm -hmm. I am grabbing the biggest handful. I'm going to maybe shake it once or twice to get the loose ends off. And that shit's going straight into my tea bag. Yep. Yeah. Because they're, they're, plas they're always plastic too. They're nice. Well, not always the, plastic, but The majority nice. of them are. Yeah. yeah. My brother used to work at uh country club and caddy there not and brag. not to brag and uh well, you don't need a membership to work there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was plastic tees same thing but he'd also clean out all the golf carts so he'd find all the leftover golf balls and oh, stuff like yeah. that that are in there so like last year for my birthday my birthday's labor day end of the season i got an entire box full of mismatched high-end golf balls <laughs> and plastic tees that's a good gift yeah it's a great gift yeah and I still like running those golf balls today he's also got like three or four range finders a couple speakers oh my yeah. god that little that he's nicking stuff i know a couple pairs of sunglasses too damn ray-bans he's got to nice. start his own just like Re, like like Facebook shop like they have his own thrift store from golf lost golf items yeah secondhand golf yep uh one thing that I fucking love oh is when the cart also has a club slash ball washer on it to have I, that I'll with tell you, you what go ahead because those things on the cart where you just like you stick your club in it and then it's got the up and down ball washer. Those, it doesn't matter how good the the on-bag scrubber is. It's never as good as those. You can't get your club any cleaner than you can shoving it in that little freaking whisker mouth looking ass yep. thing and scrubbing. The, that Nothing gets your club cleaner than that. And it's so sweet to be able to do that in the middle of the fairway and not have to wait every three holes until they have one that actually has water in it. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of like the water station for me. I don't use it a lot. But when I do need it, it is there, mm -hmm. and I am thankful that it is there. Yeah, I don't use the ball washer a ton because chances are that the ball that was dirty is gone. <laughs> like I'll lose a ball before I need to clean a ball nine times out of ten. But I'm not losing my clubs. Those bad boys got to get clean, and those things are elite. 
Um, how dirty does a ball have to be for you to clean it? It has to have, like, I don't care if there's, like, dry dirt that's flat on it, but once it's bumpy and it would affect my putt, then it's getting cleaned. Okay. You've seen me play with some disgusting-looking balls. Yeah, I... I there, I mean, I probably wash my ball like once every three rounds. Yeah. Like I just never. Cool, There's no the way you've ever kept one ball for three rounds. No, I, no. What I'm basically what I'm saying is like, um, I don't, I, I'm not paying attention to how dirty my ball is. Mm. Um, if it's got like some grass stains on it, not cleaning it. Um, if it's yeah, got some dirt on it, not. I'm just going to rub my, I'm going to like mm-hmm. harshly rub my thumb over the yep. top and I'm still not going to clean it. Also, I don't know. What tee boxes are ball washers typically at? Uh, some courses, every tee box. What, sorry. Wh- well, you got blacks, blues, whites, reds oh, on a normal golf course. Okay. I, the- I feel like the tees I'm playing, typically whites, mm-hmm. the ball washer is always at blues. Yep. I was so, just and say. I'm not walking back to go wash mm-hmm. my ball. Unless that's a course with only blues, they put it in the middle. Okay, because blues are usually pretty close to the middle, so that's where they slap them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, even I guess the only balls that I'm cleaning are the ones that I find if they're like lodged yeah. in a swamp or something. Right. Like you dig some out of the slough, or you dig some out with like the ball grabber. Then you yeah, got, you got to clean those bad boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In which case, it is nice to have though. I love having the ball washer there. I just don't use it often. Yeah. When I mean, like we all have like rags and towels and stuff like that on our back. A little spit in a rag gets you a long way. Right. Like I'm I'm saying this is ninety-nine percent of what I'm saying here is because I love the club washing function. Yeah. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, and I, I argue I get more excited when I see that my cart has one of those than if my cart has a screen in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we already got the GPS in our phone. Yeah. I don't need that damn screen. Also, are you guys I, I feel like I never do this and maybe I'm gonna get some shit for this, but do you guys actually ever use the little spray bottle, a little grass seed thing that they put on the side of the cart? Yeah. I feel like I usually just like if I can salvage my divot, I'll just put my divot right back where it yeah, was. Yeah, that's option one. But yeah. if it's not salvageable and you've absolutely obliterated that grass, well, technically you're supposed to put the seed down and the divot. Yeah, no matter what, right? Yeah. Well, but, some places don't even want you to replace your divots. They want you to just put seed yeah. and leave it. Yep. Because they want to be able to grow new. Yeah, I... Rarely ever use that. Maybe because my divots are salvageable. I I don't know, but I feel like I'd rarely ever end up using that thing. Fuck, I might see if I can buy like 10, 15 of those jugs of seed and just spread it across my yard. Yeah. Because that that shit's got to be growing in a week. Right. How do they, yeah. What are they doing to grass that homeowners aren't? Thank you. Because I had a hell of a time getting grass to grow in my backyard last year. I mean, like, you have courses not that far from your house. I know. Can I just buy 10 jugs of this seed? I'll bring it back. Maybe I'll just bring like the jugs hey, back. Hey, that seed is built into your green fee. Maybe next time I just bring a Ziploc bag with you. Maybe just fill that shit up. Oh, because it, it's I just need it for spots. I don't need it for the whole yard. Right. I just need it for spots. What kind of like, yeah, get some fit. That's a great way to actually get a fairway going in the backyard. Yeah. So I can spend I then I can experience what the fairway is like. Or you just home. you just start saving your divots. And just yeah. place it and then you just have like a really patchworky looking <laughs> sod in your backyard. I do have a female dog and her piss does turn turn the grass brown, yellow, whatever. There you go. That's actually a great You great dig idea. that up, you put your divot there. Good to go. Seed seed the grass on the course, take the divot, put it in a nice baggie, mm-hmm. salvage that thing before I get home. Plant it down. Hey, am I literally growing a fairway in my backyard? Yep. 
I should try that. I should say, hey, can I buy a jug of seed off you? Just, just test it on a little spot to see if it works. Yeah, because it is. It's all sand, sand and seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck, that's a great idea. Yeah. I can't wait for spring. I will tell you, what's the date today? Sixteenth. Something 17th. like that. Seventeenth. In two weeks, it will be February, mm-hmm. shortest month of the year. Mm-hmm. Is it a leap year? No. Okay. And once February, like once February hits, like. Two years ago, I was golfing on March 8th. Mm-hmm. So in two weeks, I mean, days are already getting longer. December 21st is behind us. Days are getting longer. Two weeks, it'll be February, shortest month of the year. Get through that quick, no problem. March is a great month because you're either going to be golfing in March or the anticipation of getting on the mm-hmm. course in April is going to be there. And fuck, we are close. I think we're already through the tough part of winter yep. in the Midwest as golfers there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, there is. So I will tell you, get excited about that. Days are getting longer. Uh-huh. We're almost through. You might be golfing in early March. You might not be. But the best part about the spring is the anticipation of not being able to get out yet, but it opening soon. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave you with that. Mm-hmm. That's it for the podcast, Tyler. Yep. Love you guys. Have Love a good you. week. Thanks again for listening to episode 129. 120. Fuck. Close. 120. Yep. I could go for a nice 120, 54 degree shot. Just 300 more episodes till our last one. Hitting ball first. Four t- nice, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> well, we were supposed to end at 69, but we decided to keep going till 420. Love you guys. They piped that the wrong way. I'll call the clubhouse. We'll book another 18 for tomorrow. Okay, they cheated on that. They fucked their balls. Yeah, no better time for the breakfast ball than now. <laughs>